to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. So on this week's episode of the podcast, we are going to be looking at something that I've seen done um, online. I've seen it done in uh, sports videos. Um, different analysts have done this for different sports. And so this is the three-word uh, comparison. Um, every team can be described using three words. And I think... Um, this is a good exercise to look at the three words for every NBA team and basically look and see where they're at um, using those three words. And um, so I'm going to be doing that for all 30 NBA teams, and that's what's going to be today's video. So we're going to, no particular order, I think this is the order that they're, the teams are um, just looking online. So Atlanta Hawks are number one. And so the three words to describe Atlanta, um, how many more? So how many more years is Atlanta going to keep rebuilding before they make the step forward um, onto the next steps in their process to make it to the playoffs? And so um, if you look at their roster, their roster has a lot of great young, talented players. John Collins, Kevin Herter, they have Alex Len, Cam Reddish, um, Trey Young. Um, they have uh, DeAndre Hunter. Um, they added Jabari Parker, who's still fairly young. And so um, you look at their team and, you know, how much longer are they going to be sitting here at this spot where they're vying for a lottery ticket. And, um, you know, that's something that uh, I think we're going to have to look at and see how it goes. Um, and at the moment, um, I think they got maybe a year or two more before they make that leap. Maybe another big man could help and maybe another, you know, backup point guard but overall, I think they're going in the right direction. Um, so, um, yeah, that is the three words in Atlanta. Moving on to um, the Boston Celtics, uh, Kemba Walker future. So, um, Kemba Walker is the future of the Celtics now. Kyrie Irving is gone. Al Horford is gone. And so the Celtics are now going to be on Kemba Walker's back. Um, they're also going to have Jason Tatum, who is expecting to have a very good year. They have Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Ennis Cantor, plus their rookies. Um, so the Celtics are now on Kemba Walker's shoulders, and for once, Kemba Walker won't have to do everything himself, but he is going to have to bear the burden of taking this team to the next level. Um, and I think he is more than capable of doing that. He did that to a sense in Charlotte, but unfortunately, Charlotte doesn't have the same sort of caliber of players that the Celtics do. So, um, you know, that is where the Celtics are, and it's Kemba Walker's team. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, new look Nets. Uh, the Nets have a totally different look. They have Wilson Chandler. They have uh, DeAndre Jordan. They have Garrett Temple, Torian Prince, uh, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. And so, um, last year, Brooklyn was a good you know, playoff team who had a lot of great pieces, a lot of young players, and now they are an even better team with more veterans and more, um, you know, scoring and more, you know, depth in your lineup. And so, obviously, Durant's not going to play this year, but you added him and you added Kyrie and you added DeAndre Jordan, who's going to come off the bench, and you added so many of these other pieces. Garrett Temple's a great shooter. Torian Prince, you traded for just to get rid of some cap space. He'll be a good guy off the bench. 
And so um, what the Nets lost and what the Nets have gained, it's a lot better. So the Nets actually are going to be an interesting team, a fun team to watch. You're going to get to see a different side of the Knicks that you don't get to see uh, previously. And now, you know, they traded away draft picks after draft picks to the Celtics. And now officially all that's done and um, they are now in a new era. And so some may say that trade actually helped them. I think it was a terrible trade on their part, but, you know, what they had to deal with, um, you know, at this, this time is, you know, made them what team they need to be. So Brooklyn Nets, it's a new look, a new team, and, um, you know, there they are. So uh, that's Brooklyn. Moving on to the Charlotte Hornets, the worst NBA team. I think Charlotte is the worst NBA team. Their best player is probably either Terry Rozier or Miles Bridges. Um, I think um, their team was good with Kemba Walker, and they had Frank Kaminsky, and they had Jeremy Lamb. They were going in the right direction, but all those guys are gone. And so they have Bismack Biombo, who's overpaid. They have Nicholas Batum, who is overpaid. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, who is overpaid. Rozier might be a little overpaid. I'm not sure yet. Marvin Williams is overpaid. Cody Zeller is overpaid. Malik Monk is not the greatest draft choice. Willie Hernan Gomez is still un unknown qualities. Miles Bridges, who knows how he'll be. And P.J. Washington was their draft pick this year. They don't have a great head coach. They have a lot of issues. And Michael Jordan just hasn't been running this team the greatest way. And so I think, honestly, Charlotte is the worst team in the NBA. And they have to make the decision to either tank all the way or, you know, see how far they can go. Uh, and I don't think they're going to get that far. So expect Charlotte for the next five to ten years to be in the lottery almost guaranteed. And so, um, yeah, they have nothing, and they don't really look that good. Um, and, um, yeah, I think uh, they are just not that good, and we'll see how uh, their season turns out. And so that is Charlotte. On to the Chicago Bulls. They are young and talented. Chicago has so many young players. They are so talented. Wendell Carter, Chris Dunn, Chandler Hutchinson, Laurie Marketing, Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., Denzel Valentine, Kobe White. They added uh, Thomas Sadaransky. And in the draft, they got uh, Daniel Gafford and Kobe White. And they added Thaddeus Young. They're a young team for the most part with a few veterans uh, splashed in there. Their head coach is Jim Boylan, who is not really a well-known head coach. But they look like they're getting ready to make their run at the playoffs and you know a couple of years of getting lottery picks now they have their point guard of the future in Kobe White they have Zach Levine who can get you 20 30 points a game Laurie Marketing looks like a real bona fide you know four and then uh, Otto Porter Jr. is great on defense um, so they're looking pretty good and um, they have a lot of talent and a lot of young players and they're just going to keep building and going from there. And so they look pretty good, and I like where they're at. On to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Goodbye, love. So I think it is time for the Cleveland Cavaliers to get rid of the last big piece from their era of LeBron James. Um, yes, they still have Jordan Clarkson, but he's young, and he fits what they're trying to do. Yes, they have Larry Nance Jr. He's young and fits what they do. Yes, they have Tristan Thompson but he's on the last year of his contract. Kevin Love is the only piece left that is going to be there next year from 
the Cleveland Cavaliers days with LeBron. And for him, I don't think he wants to be here anymore because it's similar situation to what he had in Minnesota. And, you know, he still has some years left in his career where he could be a good enough player for a team if healthy. And so Portland makes sense. Phoenix could make sense. There are teams out there, Milwaukee, if they could try to find enough cap space to make a trade, it could make sense. There are teams out there that could use Kevin Love. So, you know, I don't know why Cleveland is holding on to hope with Kevin Love. They are in rebuild mode for sure, but yet they want to keep this guy on their roster. They've been trading away, you know, one-year contracts to get themselves draft picks and to take on bigger deals. And yet, here we are, and you still have Kevin Love on your roster. And so... I'm confused by that. I don't know what their plan is, and um, I think um, they're going to figure it out, hopefully. But for the sake of your roster and for the sake of this Kevin Love, you got to you know get rid of him, cut ties, trade him, and start over. Because he's the last piece you're going to hold on to, and it's not good, and he's not going to want to be there. So Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, moving on to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luca and Kristaps. So um, the future, it looks good. They have Kristaps Porzingis and they have Luka Doncic, who are both their, you know, young, talented, you know, international players. In terms of what they have in the draft stash, nothing. They traded away a lot to get Luka. I think it was just one draft pick. But Porzingis, they got rid of two draft picks to get him. Um, and so while both of those moves ended up working out, I think that, um, you know, they're looking pretty good. Um, once they can get some of their bigger contracts off the books, such as Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr., then they'll have enough cap space to maybe sign, you know, a good player to go alongside those two. But in Dallas, the future is, you know, now, and the future is Luka and Chris Tapps Porzingis. And so Dallas is looking pretty good. And uh, they've taken chances on international players before, and it's worked out. So, uh, yeah, they're looking pretty good. So, um, yeah, that is Dallas, and that is their team. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, um, regular season champions. So I think the Denver Nuggets are regular season champions, meaning they're going to have one of the best, if not the best, record in the regular season. And Denver has been doing that. They did it last year. They had a good record. And... Um, I think it's going to be something the same. They don't have a superstar on their roster besides Nikola Jokic. Um, and um, the rest of their guys are all good, but no one is flashy and no one is of that star caliber. And so when it comes time to the playoffs, you know, you're going to have teams out there that have that. You know, Utah, Portland, uh, Golden State, Houston, all these teams, the Lakers, they, the Clippers, they all have stars. And so I think while the regular season will be favorable for Denver and they might get a good seeding they might not make it as far in the playoffs because they don't have you know those closers that you need so regular season champions but um, once you get to the playoffs uh, we'll see Pistons and uh, the three words for them are Derek Rose time Derek Rose is the point guard they signed they haven't had a great point guard for a good time now, and Derrick Rose is hoping to be uh, their starting point guard, hoping to be healthy enough to play in the majority of the season. Um, and they really are going to need him to shine because he is just not the greatest point guard anymore, but you know still can give them 
production and has at least last year with uh, Minnesota had some good games and so it's going to be um, something to watch how um, Detroit plays with um, you know plays with him because when you look at their roster they have two great big men but everything else on their roster has holes they don't have a great shooting guard they don't have a great you know wing depth they don't really have the greatest point guard Derrick Rose uh, as I said, is good, not great. Reggie Jackson is subpar. And so um, we're going to have to see how their playoffs go. We're going to have to see how they, they do during the regular season. But um, I think eventually it could come to a point where you have to get rid of either Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin so you can get yourself some help around the roster. And so um, Detroit, uh, that's where they're at. So uh, that's uh, the Pistons. Moving on to Golden State, um, and the three words for Golden State are championship run over. So Golden State has been to the finals for the last several years, and they've won several championships with Durant and Steph Curry and Draymond and Klay Thompson. And now uh, it looks like the Western Conference near the top has gotten significantly better, and with losing Kevin Durant, they have stepped back a little bit. I think D'Angelo Russell is not really the best fit for Golden State, and I think some people are saying he just got signed so they could trade him later on. I think it's a possibility. But you have two point guards in D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry. How are you going to make that work? Because they're both great. They're both starters. They're both all-stars. Obviously, Steph Curry's the best shooter in the NBA. Um, and so I guess the question is, you know, They've made a few steps backwards. They do still have the same kind of roster, minus Durant and adding in D'Angelo Russell. Um, I don't think they're going to make the finals this year. I think it's going to be the Clippers, like I've said before. But I think that um, for uh, Golden State, this could be the start of their backslide. This could be the start of their decline. And um, I guess... Uh, this season will be a good test of that because now, you know, they don't have a ton of wing depth. Um, losing Durant uh, and Iguodala really um, doesn't help. So we'll see what happens um, with Golden State. Houston Rockets. Uh, moving on. Houston Rockets, three words. Ball handling issue. So um, they added uh, Russell Westbrook to their roster. And they have James Harden. Both of these guys have high usage ratings. Both of these guys need the ball in their hands. Um, and this was never a problem, even in uh, Oklahoma City when they played together. Because at that point, James Harden was still young and still figuring out who he was. But now both of these guys are MVPs and both of them are all-stars and Hall of Famers to be. And so um, I think Westbrook and Harden are going to have to figure out who's going to hold the ball. Who's going to be the, the guy who's dribbling it down the court? Now, obviously, Westbrook makes a lot more sense because he's a traditional point guard compared to James Harden, who's a shooting guard. Russell Westbrook can't really shoot the ball. James Harden's better at shooting. And so um, they're going to have to figure out the best way to do that because they're going to be starting the game together and they're going to be ending the game together. And so if you're um, you know, Houston, that's something you're going to have to try and work out the best uh way possible and um, I think Mike D'Antoni is going to figure that out he's a good enough coach and so I'm not really surprised um, 
how it goes. And, um, yeah, I think uh, they can make it work because um, that's just how Houston rolls. And so I'm expecting big things from Houston, and I think, um, you know, it's going to be a good season for them, and I guess we'll see where it goes from there. So that is the Houston Rockets. Moving on to the Indiana Pacers. Their three words um, are hello and bye. Uh, hello and bye. So last season they had a totally different roster from the one they have right now. They've um, upgraded their roster in so many ways. Darren Collison is gone. Tyreek Evans is out of the league. Thaddeus Young is gone. They added Jeremy Lamb, TJ McConnell. They added TJ Warren. They added Justin Holiday, Malcolm Brogdon. So um, they've upgraded in so many ways, um, and they've actually gotten better, in my opinion. Uh, yes, they still only have one superstar in Victor Oladipo, but they did add so many role players and so many pieces that their roster looks so much better uh, than it did before. And so hello and goodbye. Um, you know, hello to all the new players, goodbye to all the guys they lost, but they made so many upgrades, it's definitely working. So, uh, that is the Pacers. Uh, moving on to, uh, the Clippers, um, their three words, new LA Kings. So, um, we have a new king of Los Angeles in terms of basketball, and it's the Clippers. Um, they added Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and, um, their roster just was so good last year, it's even better this year with the addition of those two guys. They have arguably the best owner in uh, the NBA, arguably the best front office in it, in uh, Jerry West, Michael Winger, Lawrence Frank. They have Doc Rivers. Uh, they added Ty Lue as an assistant coach um, to go along with the rest of their guys. Um, Patrick Beverly came back, and he still looks very good. Michael Green is there. Uh, Montrez Harrell is there. They added Cabengale in the draft. Rodney Magruder is uh, playing. Lou Williams, Landry Shamit, and uh, Zubach. Um, you know, the Clippers look very, very good. They look like a team that is ready to pounce. They look like a team that is uh, very good. And um, I think this team could be a lot better than the Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin situation they had previously. And um, they are really, really, really ready to make their you know push for the NBA playoffs and I think they're going to win I think there is no team out there that is as good as um you know the Los Angeles Clippers and so in my opinion that is where I'm sitting that's where I'm at and um that's uh what uh I think so that's uh the Clippers moving on to the Los Angeles Lakers still have problems the Lakers still have a ton of issues. I mean, yes, they added Anthony Davis, but, you know, their roster is a bunch of guys who are, you know, minimum contracts. There is a lot of holes in their roster. You know, their head coach is still a new guy. Uh, and um, Frank Vogel trying to figure it out. Jason Kidd's their assistant coach trying to figure it out. Um, you have uh, a general manager in Rob Palenka who really doesn't know what he's doing. Yes, he traded for Anthony Davis, but there were still a lot of issues in that trade in terms of money, in terms of when they should have traded for him. Uh, you know, they don't have a great player basketball operations person because Magic Johnson is gone. Uh, Jeannie Buss is sort of the figurehead of the Buss family. She is the face of that team and of that family for the Lakers. And 
there's a lot of holes there. She's not the greatest in terms of basketball IQ and basketball decision making. She's definitely not as good as her father. Um, and, you know, there's still a lot of questions with these Lakers. And everybody out there assuming the Lakers are going to be a superstar caliber great team going in the first year is it's kind of foolish because we don't know how they're going to be. We don't know how healthy Anthony Davis will be. You know, if they have one injury, if LeBron gets hurt and he's out for a month, how is that going to affect the Lakers? If uh, Anthony Davis has to sit for a few games, how is that going to affect, affect the Lakers? You just assume that because they get this superstar in Anthony Davis that every problem they had is gone. And, you know, the media hasn't really been focused on the Lakers as much anymore. You know, they were talking about all their issues, and then Anthony Davis came in, and now all of that is wiped away, which I don't think that's right. I think, you know, they still have holes, they still have problems, and just because you get a superstar doesn't mean your team automatically gets better. Because Anthony Davis has his issues, just like LeBron, just like a lot of other NBA players. So Lakers, um, they still have their issues, and um, I guess we'll have to see um, if they can even figure it out. Moving on to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, rebuild time now. Uh, so the Memphis Grizzlies are in full-on rebuilds. Uh, they traded away Mike Conley, who was the last piece of their playoff days. Um, they got rid of uh, Chandler Parsons, which was great, because they added Solomon Hill in that, and um, they added uh, Miles Plumley. Um, Andre Iguodala came over with a draft pick. Um, they've added draft picks for trading away players. Um, John Morant looks like a very, very good basketball player. I am very happy that they chose him. Brandon Clark actually looks like a great player as well. I actually uh, wanted the Celtics to draft Brandon Clark. They chose Grant Williams, who's, I think, going to be a good player as well. But one pick before it, I believe, was Brandon Clark. And so, um, yeah, they're looking very good. Um with their draft choices and with some of the players they've added, but they're in full-on rebuild mode. And I think, um, you know, Memphis is going to be vying for the top five of the lottery every single year now for a while. And so, yes, the Celtics are going to be grabbing those picks, which I'm really, really hoping is a top five one. And so, um, yeah, that's Memphis. We'll see how they do. Um, but I'm not expecting big things. I'm expecting the, the lottery. Moving on to Miami. So three words for Miami, Jimmy Butler time. So Miami has Jimmy Butler, and that's pretty much it. Jimmy Butler is going to be hopefully the guy that takes them to the playoffs, hopefully gets them above the hurdle, hopefully gets them, you know, to get rid of some of their problems. But if you're looking at the surrounding cast behind him, it's not that great. You have Bam Adebayo, who for the last few years has been sitting behind Hassan Whiteside. They have Gordon Drogic, who... The Heat wanted to get rid of. They have Tyler Hero, who was their draft choice. James Jones is not that great. Myers Leonard, he comes over from Portland. We'll see how he is. Kelly Olynyk was a not that great choice to sign. Justice Winslow is um, good, but not great. I remember the Boston Celtics offered Charlotte four first-round picks so they could move up to get Justice Winslow. Thank God. That never happened because Justice Winslow is definitely not worth four first-round picks. And then Dion Waiters is not uh, really that good anymore. So um, I think they'll definitely be good. Um, I think there's a lot of things that they can do um, right now. Uh, but I think overall um, they're going to have a lot of issues. 
But I think Jimmy Butler can get them to the playoffs. I think he's good enough. He's going to have that sort of motivation. And so I think, um, you know, Jimmy Butler is really uh, a good player. And um, I think that's going to help them out. On to the um, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, No Malcolm Brogdon. So Milwaukee has lost Malcolm Brogdon, who was a big part of their roster. He was injured for a little bit, especially during the playoffs, but he was a cog in their machine. And now they are replacing him with Kyle Korver and Wesley Matthews, which I think in the shooting department is an upgrade. Overall, it's a downgrade because both of those guys are older. And so Malcolm Brogdon really was a piece to your roster, a good two-way player. He played shooting guard, he played point guard, and he was a good backup option for Eric Bledsoe. Um, and so now you have guys who fit your roster a little bit better. They're good shooters. And so I think, um, overall they might be a little bit better because of it, you know, especially the late game with the shooting, but Brogdon was a big piece to your roster. And I think that's going to be something that they're really going to miss, um, going forward, but I think they're going to be all right. They're still arguably the best team in the Eastern conference, uh, especially with Kawhi Leonard, no longer donning a uniform in Toronto. So um, I think Milwaukee uh, is looking pretty good. And I think, you know, yeah, Brogdon's gone, but I think they'll be all right. No problems um, with them. So Milwaukee, um, they're looking good. Moving on to uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, And my three words for Minnesota are of questions. So I have a lot of questions about Minnesota. You know, first and foremost, where are they trying to go? Are they trying to rebuild? Are they trying to move towards the playoffs? Are they trying to stay sedentary? What are they going to do at point guard? Shabazz Napier and Jeff Teague are their point guards. Are those guys good enough? Um, Can they go and get someone else? They traded um, for Jarrett Culver. Um, How's he going to play? Um, Jordan Bell came in. Uh, Jake Lehman came in. Are these guys going to have a big production for them? is Carl Anthony Towns going to make another step forward? Is Andrew Wiggins going to turn out to be a number one overall pick he was drafted at? Um, there are so many questions, and to be honest with you, I don't know how to answer any of them. You know, Minnesota has been one of these franchises that has just kind of hovered um, in pretty much their whole existence, a couple of you know playoff appearances here and there. But for the most part, most of their stars don't stay. Kevin Love got traded, Kevin Garnett got traded, and I think at some point, Carl Anthony Towns will get traded, but I, there's a lot of questions, and it's not stuff that I can answer. They have a new, newish head coach in uh, Ryan Saunders. Um, they have a bunch of, you know, uh, assistant coaches who are going to help there. Um, but Minnesota just a lot of question marks. I don't really have the answers for them. So that is um, that is um, Minnesota. Moving on to the New Orleans Pelicans, Um, and their three words, life without AD. So um, they are now in a life without AD situation. They have added, since Anthony Davis got traded, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Lonzo Ball, Derek Favors, Jackson Hayes, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Nikola Melli, J.J. Redick, and Zion Williamson. And... All of those um, are great. They also added so many draft picks, it's not even crazy. So I think New Orleans is better off than they were last year. I think they're better off without Anthony Davis. 
uh, you know, they have uh, David Griffin, who is a very, very good, you know, guy at his position. They have Alvin Gentry, who is great at his position. Um, they have Trajan Langdon, um, who they got, I believe he's from Brooklyn. And so um, everything right now is going in their right direction. And so the best thing they did was trading Anthony Davis away because it made them actually a better team and better chemistry. I think Josh Hart has a lot to prove. I think Alonzo has a lot to prove. I think Brandon Ingram has a lot to prove. You know, all three of those guys played in Los Angeles with, you know, targets on their back. LeBron James would have uh, traded them in an instance, and they ended up getting traded uh, after the season. And so now they don't have to worry about that. These guys are now part of the, you know, New Orleans Pelicans, and I think it's going to be a good situation. So I'm looking forward to how New Orleans makes things work. Moving on to uh, the New York Knicks, um, and uh, their three words are uh, dumpster fire city. So the New York Knicks are just a dumpster fire. And, um, you know, David Fisdale is a pretty good head coach, or at least a likable head coach. Their roster consists of a bunch of role players. Um, R.J. Barrett's a very good um, draft pick. But they were trying to go after Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker. They ended up getting Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris, Ephraim Payton, Julius Randle. Um, yeah, a bunch. Besides Julius Randle, a bunch of role players. Um, and they ended up using all that cap space that they were saving for superstars for that. They ended up trading away Porzingis, expecting to get those guys, and now Dallas looks even better, and the New York Knicks got Dennis Smith Jr. and some draft picks that aren't going to be anything special. So, that being said, the New York Knicks are a dumpster fire. The New York Knicks are a terrible team. They are going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, and I don't see them improving any way besides getting rid of James Dolan. James Dolan has to sell the team. James Dolan has to get the hell out of New York. It's a big market, so you'd have buyers, um, and to be honest with you, it's you know a sad situation because New York Knicks fans have to be the most vocal on television, in the radio, on the media, social media, because they've just had no success with their basketball team for a while now. In the 90s, they had Patrick Ewing, and other than that, they haven't really been that successful. Carmelo was okay. Chauncey Billups was okay, Amari Stoudemire was okay, but it never really was great for them. So um, they are a dumpster fire, and um, we are moving on from there. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, um, moving on, life without Westbrook. So life without Russell Westbrook is um, going to be different for them. He has been the one constant throughout all of their multiple changes. Um, and uh, they had Paul George, too. He is gone. And so now your roster consists of Steven Adams, Danilio Gallinari, Shai Julius Alexander, Chris Paul, and like 14 extra draft picks in the first round coming up that most likely will be at the bottom of the first round. So um, they are in full rebuild mode now. I think Danilio Gallinari is going to get traded to a playoff team for um, a first-round pick, so that'll add to their total of first-round draft picks. Um, they drafted Luganez Dort and Darius Baisley, um, and so those are um, going to be guys who are going to, you know, help out your roster. Um, 
Julius Alexander is going to be a great pickup for them, and I think he's going to play great. Chris Paul is going to have to get moved, but um, I don't think they're worried too much about that. And so um, I think that's where um, I think that's where we're at. And so um, yeah, moving forward, that is um, the situation in um, Oklahoma City. I actually think Chris Paul, you know, would make a lot of sense in Orlando because they could use a point guard. And um, Orlando has so many big men. I think you could try and work something out there. Uh, moving on to Orlando, um, I guess my question is uh, big man problem. So they have so many big men on their roster. They have Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Bamba, Karim Birch. They have Jonathan Isaac. They have Aaron Gordon. They have Vucevic. Um, they have Chuma Okiki, who they drafted. And you cannot do anything with all of those players. You have so many guys that are vying for minutes. Vucevic is your best player. So at center, he's your starter. You have Mo Bamba and Karen Birch, who are your backups. Obviously, you don't need you know three centers, so Birch seems like the easiest one to trade. Uh, Mo Bamba is probably the one that will get traded. Um, then you have Al Farouk Aminu. Um, where does he fit in with Aaron Gordon? Um, they have a lot of other pieces. I think Jonathan Isaac is more of a small forward, and I think Okiki could be a small forward as well. Um, but there's a lot of questions here, and there's a lot of big man issues that they're going to have to worry about, and they're going to have to work out. And so I think, um, you know, that's something they're going to have to figure. And um, I think they still have a long ways to go, but they're going in the right direction. So I, uh, I like that. Uh, moving on to Philadelphia, um, no bench Philly. So Philadelphia has a great starting lineup, one of the best starting lineups in the NBA, but they have no bench. They have Zaire Smith, uh, their draft pick, Matisse Thibule. Mike Scott's probably their sixth man. Um, they have Kylo Quinn, um, James Ennis, Trey Burke, um, Jonah Bolden. They don't have a great bench, you know. And one of the things going into the playoffs that is going to separate other teams from Philadelphia is their bench because you cannot play your starters the whole game. You cannot play Joel Embiid with his health issues the whole game, or Tobias Harris, or Al Horford, or Ben Simmons. They still don't have shooters, and that's still a big problem. And so if you were keeping the starting lineup the same as it is right now, you needed shooters also to come off the bench. Their draft pick, Matisse Tabule, is a defensive-minded player. He's not an offensive-minded guy. So, um, yeah. A lot of holes on the bench, and I don't know if they'll ever figure those out. Moving on to Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns are up next. And so Phoenix, um, I guess the three words I can say for them is um, playoffs start now. So I think now Phoenix is at a point where they can start making the jump towards the playoffs. They have DeAndre Ayton, they have Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, they drafted Ty Jerome, um, Cameron Johnson they drafted, um, they brought in Frank Kaminsky, traded for Dario Sarge, Oubre is still there, Ricky Rubio, they have a good coach in Monty Williams, he's going to be a good first year coach, um, and so I think, um, you know, things are looking very good uh, for Phoenix. Granted, the Western Conference is so um, depth heavy, and so... There are a lot of teams that are going to be um, going for the playoffs. But I think um, 
you know, it could really, really work out for them. And so um, I think uh, Phoenix is going to make the step forward this year and sort of inch their way closer to making the playoffs. Um, Portland Trailblazers, um, they are up next. Uh, um, and so the three, uh, I guess, words I have for them are Dame and CJ. So uh, Dame and CJ are their superstars and the guys that are going to get them into uh, the championship if they can make it that far. Um, they have a lot of great role players surrounding these guys, but they are the perennial superstars. They are the big pieces that are going to give you production and help you uh, going forward. And so they are very good. Um, Portland is very good because of them. And um, uh, they're going to go really far in the playoffs, which is a great situation. Moving on to Sacramento. Um, Sacramento Kings are up. And um, I guess the three words I have for them are De'Aaron Fox show. So De'Aaron Fox is their starting point guard. De'Aaron Fox is their best player. De'Aaron Fox is their future. And I, I think um, he is a good building block. But um, after that, they don't really have a lot of great building blocks. They don't have a lot of pieces um, around them to really make that leap forward. I think Buddy Heald, Bogdanovich, uh, Dwayne Dedman, Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, these guys are all good players. But they're all really just role players. You really don't have any guys besides De'Aaron Fox who are all-star potential. Um, and so, you know, if you brought in some of those guys, it would be a great situation. But their front office is just a mess. Like, I think the Lakers have a terrible front office, but I think the Kings could make a run for their money in terms of having a bad front office. Because their owner doesn't know what he's doing, and... Divock doesn't really know what he's doing, and um, I don't know if Luke Walton's going to be their answer, but he's their, their coach, and so, um, yeah, they just have so many front office issues that they've just drafted poorly. It's it's a mess, and so, um, you know, Jaron Fox is their only bright side, and we'll see how it works. Uh, moving on to San Antonio, um, and uh, my three words, goodbye championships. So the era of San Antonio winning championships is officially over. If you haven't realized it by now, it's time to realize it. San Antonio Spurs fans, you need to realize it. Um, there's no more Tim Duncan. There's no more Manu Ginobili. There's no more Tony Parker. There is a Greg Popovich who could at some point leave the Spurs and retire. Um, but they have Derek White. They have um, their draft pick, Luka Samanic, and they also have Keldon Johnson, who are draft picks. They have still Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, um, LaMarcus Aldridge, and DeMar DeRozan are still there. So um, it's not like they're totally out of it, but their days of being a almost lock for a championship are done. And so San Antonio, it's time to move on. Um, Toronto Raptors, um, goodbye Kawhi. Um, they got what they wanted, a championship. Kawhi Leonard got his championship, and now he's in Los Angeles. Danny Green is in Los Angeles. Um, and so your replacements are Rondell's Hollis Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, their roster is the, basically the same. They're going to get OG Anubi back. They have Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, 
Um, they have um, Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. They're looking, you know, playoff material, but they're definitely not the team that they once were. And Kawhi Leonard, I know he was going to be there for one year, and I, that's all he really said. And so maybe if things uh, shook up differently with the Paul George situation, he might have stayed. But, um, yeah, they got to now start over, and they got to, you know, keep their team going. And they're still a good team, but um, they still have, you know, a lot of holes with now Kawhi Leonard off their roster. Moving on to the Utah Jazz. Um, Utah Jazz, uh, they look better. So three words, uh, better look jazz. So Utah is um, added Bogdanovich from Indiana. They added Mike Conley. Um, they uh, still have Joe Ingles. They still have Donovan Mitchell. They signed Emmanuel Moutier. Um, they didn't get uh, a first-round pick because they traded it for Mike Conley. They added Ed Davis, which is a low-key good signing. They have Rudy Gobert. They have Jeff Green. Um, they're looking very good. Um, and to be honest with you, they have a lot of great players um, that are really going to make um, everything work. They have Quinn Schneider, who in my opinion is a great head coach. And so they're trending upwards, and I wouldn't be surprised how far they make it in the playoffs because they're looking very good. Um, and now on to the last team, which is the... Washington Wizards. So Wizards, trade Bradley Beal. This is the last piece of your playoff days. John Wall is injured, so he doesn't really count. But you need to get rid of Bradley Beal before he leaves, or before his contract expires, or before he just gets upset. You know, who knows how much longer he's going to be at this level. He's still in his prime, so probably a while. But you got to get the most value you can for Bradley Beal and move on. There are teams out there. I know the Celtics would probably trade Jalen Brown for him. I'm sure um, there are other teams out there that would definitely be interested in adding Bradley Beal, who have the pieces necessary for that. And so you got to make something happen. you got to get rid of this guy before he gets fed up. Because having a team of a bunch of scrubs and... Draft picks that haven't really worked out doesn't work, and it's going to be an issue. And so, you know, John Wall hasn't been healthy for some time, and you can't rely on Bradley Beal on his own. So if you want to rebuild, that's great. But it's time to get rid of Bradley Beal, and it's time to move on from this situation because it's not going to work out in the end. And eventually Bradley Beal is going to turn into Kyrie and Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler, and he's going to say, I want out, I want to trade. And so um, move on, uh, take the pieces, and um, start your rebuild. Because there's a lot you can get for them, and a lot of teams will offer up some good stuff. So search the market, see what you can find, and you'll maybe get something that you're worth um, uh, taking. So that is the Washington Wizards, and uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Tune in to next week's episode where we talk about more NBA topics and news.